Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough. How's it going, Bren? It's going all right. You know, running around, a lot of... <laughs> somehow less busy at work, more busy in my personal life, so it just never ends. That's adulthood. The void is calling me. I seek death. Oh, Jesus, I know what you're saying. <laughs> uh, but it's also nice, like, it's all summer now, and the Memorial Day weekend, we just had my parents uh, paid someone to open up their pool, so Ooh. I'm actually currently dog-sitting at their house, and yeah, gonna spend some time out the, at the pool this weekend. Looking forward to that. Oh, uh, nice. It's, it's A pool is like a dog. Or like a puppy. It's always great to know someone with it, so you don't have to be responsible. <laughs> so you get all the yeah. benefits of like hanging out with it, but don't actually have to like take care of it. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. And as they're getting in their older years, they're realizing it's much easier to just pay someone to like open and close the pool for them. Because yeah, I've all my life I was uh, growing up here and uh, helping them with the pool, and yeah, it, it really can be exhausting. But yeah. it's also such a nice thing to be able to enjoy too. And yeah. Yeah, it's the benefit. Uh, yeah, my uncle always had one. We always had to go over, take the sandbags off the uh, cover and pull the cover back. And it's like, oh, one of the bags went in the pool. It's like, well, that one's gone. Like, <laughs> We're not going in there. So, yeah, I hear you. So that's something to look forward to. But this is a video game podcast. Um, trying to think if there's anything else going on Memorial Day related. Uh, are you doing anything special this weekend? Uh, not working Saturdays at 5 a.m. anymore. That's a bonus. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. So I had to be getting up at like 4 a.m. and my sleep schedule still like kind of fucked up from that. So I'm trying to reset that. But yeah, not having to work six days a week is always uh, a gift for me. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to hear that. Yeah. How about you? Uh, for us, just hanging out with the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, trying to think, though, uh, for anybody who's new, we do just kind of go around table and talk about the games we've been playing, and I do have a pretty big update, so I maybe think I'll start this one off. Um, I did finish episode three of Life is Strange 2, Ooh. and oh man, did you have you been watching the Let's Plays? Because I know you're yeah. not interested in playing this. Okay, so you know what happens throughout this episode? Yeah, I've seen the end. Okay. We're not going to spoil or anything, but man, I'm finally interested in this game, Bren. I felt like <laughs> this is the episode that was the turnaround for the longest time. People that have been listening to our show know we are not happy with the first two episodes. It was just very slow and boring. This one, by the end of the episode, I was completely 100% invested being like, I want to know what happens. And in fact, one of the nights I ended up playing i it was getting so late that i had to like turn it off as it was like the climax of like the episode i'm like fuck so then i had to work all day and then by the time i got home first thing i did was start playing the game and then beat it and oh man i i found it so interesting that i went online and saw like a youtube video that shows the various uh outcomes because there's mm -hmm. so many different things uh, like decisions especially really heavy hitting decisions that your ass in this like really stressful environment and it was just funny seeing some of the other outcomes and what happened with my character. I don't want to spoil anything, but God, I can't wait till we do a spoiler cast for that <laughs> show. Uh, I mean, for this uh, game. game. I almost said movie. Jesus. It feels, that's <laughs> Literally thing, everything episode. but size games. <laughs> yeah, it felt like a TV show. It felt like a movie. I don't know. But it, there's really not much game to it. But the decisions yeah. you make do have an impact. And it, it was just really interesting. Um 
I'll at least say that there, this is for anyone who's unfamiliar. Uh, you're in Humboldt County and there's like these hippies and you're trying to like work there to earn money to save up to go to Mexico. Shit hits the fan. That's all I'll say. It's really cool. But I remember I did make a prediction on the show maybe a few episodes ago, but that was entirely wrong. Mm. Or maybe that's to be determined and happen in future episodes, but we'll see. Yeah. One thing that's great with the uh, Life is Strange games is that it shows you the percentages of how everyone else played. But it also like shows you all the options of what the other outcomes could have been. So it'll yes. say like uh, Sean did this, or I forget the other kid's name already. Uh, oh, Daniel. Daniel did that, or like so and so did this. And it's like, oh my god, how did how would you even get there? Like from the game you played, it's like I I can't even fathom how the story would connect to that point. Yes, versus like Detroit becoming human, where it will show you the different branching paths. But some of them would just be blocked out and you just don't know what that is. So it's like, I, oh, I'm very curious what could have spawned out of that moment, but you just don't know what the other outcome is. So it's like, ah, but then you're also not sure if you want to replay that entire chapter to get to one point. Absolutely. So like, that heavy, makes sense to me. Heavy Rain was good because you could just replay a chapter and there was like checkpoints within the chapter where it would branch off. So you could just like go right back to those moments and not have to play through 16 hours again just for one extra scene that ended up being very minimal. Yeah, that was a good feature. But oh man, shit that happened in this episode though, Bren. I, okay, I no as much as I'm, in, I'm not going to spoil anything. But all I got to say is I hate Daniel like more <laughs> than I hate any character of any video game I've ever played. Yeah. It's so frustrating that this little fucking punk is like <laughs> your little, your brother, and I hate him. And then something so insane happens at the end that it seems like somebody. I don't know how to say it. It seems like someone's dead, and I'm not sure. And and I was talking to Nick Jenkins, our friend of the show, uh, host of Gamers Without Borders with uh, Judge Greg. He was saying that I don't think that person is actually dead. And I'm like, but it sure looks that way. So, like, I'm just torn, and it seems just very, like, dramatic. I'm And now we have to wait until, what, September 27th or something, until episode Jeez. three comes out? These episodes are so far between. It's, like, it's oh, Jesus, awful. It's like, May. Yeah, that's, that's like what. I, that's really. A, I'll be married by then, Brad. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm getting married September 14th. So Jeez. it's just crazy that by the time I get back from my honeymoon, it'll be like around time to play this game again. And by then, I'll probably forgot all the emotions I've invested yeah. in it thus far. Relisten to this episode. I'm gonna have to because I, I am thoroughly invested in this game and did find episode three like a redeeming, like saving grace for this game, and it gives me hope that four and five can really like bring it home strong but god damn i'll always tell people getting into this game like one and two are slow it's it's a struggle and i mean it, it brings up my point of before where like i think a lot of people were very enamored by the first one but i don't think the quality was really there i think it was just like ooh, this is new and different and i'm sucked in but i think if you look at it in hindsight it's like mm, the writing at moments were can be really good but there's a lot of moments where like it's not great right and i think it shows with this one where it's like i compared it before with bioshock and bioshock 2 bioshock 2 i think is just as good as the first one it's just we're already familiar with the mechanics and the world and some of the story so all the new shiny bits aren't as they're not new anymore to us so like the you know new game feature is kind of worn off and we're just kind of used to it so you're seeing it more of the flaws the flaws were always there you're just seeing more of it because it's you're not as blown away the first time so yeah. I think that's the same with this, where it's just like, yeah, the writing's rough 
a lot of times. And I think we're just not as invested with these characters as we were with Max and Chloe and um, everyone else. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. People would, like, love to hate on Chloe in the first game. I feel like the hate, like, take that times 10, times 100 is how <laughs> I feel about Daniel. And I feel like I might not even be alone. Most people, the, his decision-making and just his attitude problem is just, like, br- grow up. But he is a nine-year-old. So, uh, yeah, that's but the that, thing. That's actually part of the story is he's like, I'm not a kid anymore. It's like, you've got to be kidding me, kid. You're straight up a kid. I know you have superpowers, but relax. Oh, but, I man. mean, you it's, know, it's you frustrating. Know, like- 18 year olds who were like i'm an adult now i get to do what i want it's like you're a child still like sit your ass down so it's it's worse with a nine-year-old with powers because he's we've talked about it i think we talked about with nick on twitter where it's like you have some of the agency taken away from you because you're not the one with the powers anymore it's your brother exactly so it's just kind of like you even if you want to do this thing it's not guaranteed it'll happen because he's an independent entity and might do something on his own and with Chloe, she was very frustrating. She's a great character, fantastic character, very well done, and like acted and everything. She's a shit person though, and <laughs> but she was at least a, a teenager enough where you could see like some logic to it. Whereas Daniel's nine, so sometimes it's just like fuck it, I want to do whatever I want. It's like there's, yeah. <laughs> there's no reason you should do this, Daniel. But he's no, just a nine year old. So it's it, it, Chloe can be definitely frustrating, and I'm. I remember talking about it with a few people, like your fiance. It was like she hated Chloe, but then like you and yep. Mark loved Chloe, and I was like, I I can see both sides. I understand why they hate Chloe because like if I knew Chloe in person, if she was a real friend of mine, I would not want to hang out with her. She's a terrible person, but she's yeah, a great influence. story. She's a great yeah. story to follow. For sure. And I just also love how much Judge Greg hates Max. (laughs) He's he's not wrong. (laughs) We got to the bottom of it. He hates Max because of all the possible situations she could be in. And he thinks if those are possible situations, she could make those choices. But I see it from the perspective of it's a game. So whatever you choose is what happens. But he's saying that she could she's she's guilty for what she could potentially do. Even if you didn't choose that option, he's still punishing her for it. So, I right. disagree fundamentally with why he doesn't like Max. He might think she's a boring character, and that's fine. I, you know, it's hard to argue that case. But I don't. Right. When there's a literal serial killer in the game, it's hard to be the worst character. That's a good point. Um, but overall, Life is Strange 2 coming back with a, like a strong episode. I'm surprised by it because even at the beginning of episode three, I was like, eh, yeah. it's not really getting me yet. But it's like, and it should be. And then by the end of it, it, it I'm fully sold, which is surprising. I have to be honest with our listener. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and Nick actually had some pretty interesting, uh, ideas for what could possibly happen with the story but it's all such spoiler territory i can't really talk about it but and yeah. that's the thing i'm so I, I on our show we love doing spoiler casts i can't do it until this full game is out and it's <laughs> yeah, like, like god like damn next january so by in all reality by the time we want to do a spoiler cast i'm probably gonna have to play through all the episodes again yeah. just to have it fresh in my mind because god damn it's gonna be way too long i i don't get the appeal of the episodic games like it's i don't they should have made it a lot less of a long wait between episodes, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. It keeps you talking about it for longer versus the game's out, and then everyone talks about it for like two, three weeks, and then move on to the next game. So it keeps you talking about it over the long span of the year, but so much time between, like you said, you end up forgetting and you start resenting it at a certain point because it's yeah. four or five months between episodes. And I'm like, having flashbacks to Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's too <laughs> too long of a wait. It's actually more detrimental than, you know, 
people might be talking about it, but they might not be saying good things. So right. And then when it's like spanning multiple years, I think the first episode came out 2018. It's like, well, then is your game of the year 2018 or 2019? It's like yeah, frustrating. Yeah, it come out. So, um, yeah. But I've been playing that, uh, and I'm going to have to wait forever until I can play it again. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I did play a game that we brought up on the show a couple months ago, maybe weeks ago. I forget exactly. But the game Dauntless, mm-hmm. it came out, and it's free. And wow. it's not bad i mean i didn't get too far into it but all i gotta say is like the art style was really cool i think it's interesting how like yeah i love the atmosphere art style but yet i find the characters kind of look out of place like the i don't know the human art looks weird Mm -hmm. in that environment but i went through the whole character creation thing last night and made like a pretty cool character it does give you the ability to make some abominations which i wanted to maybe come back and make like a really goofy ass looking character. Mm -hmm. But I went serious for the first time around. And I think it was probably just like a tutorial or something where I've faced like the first little like boss, like creature thing that you're, you're a slayer in this world. Um, And I don't know. I just have, it feels like monster hunter world almost to me. Like I, yeah, I've never really played that. It's very much monster hunter esque. Okay. Well that's good. Yeah. It seems that way. And it's an online free game. So I'm thinking that if I can, uh, see if any of my other friends on PS4 happen to be playing that. Maybe we could go take on some monsters together just for shits and giggles. Yeah, I remember hearing about this way back, and I tried getting into it for PC. And uh, when I downloaded the like launcher, it was like, "Cool, you, uh, you know, logging on to Dauntless, you are one million three hundred forty-seven thousand. Yes. And I was just like, Red. "Whoa, I'm, nope!" <laughs> and I just like uninstalled it. I was like, "That's not worth it." I'm so glad you brought that up because that was actually like one of the main points I wanted to make about my experience with this game. Yeah. Downloaded it, about to play, and it was like, well, and I thought mine was bad. Yours sounds insane. Mine was like, you're 20,000 in the queue. And I'm thinking to myself, are you fucking kidding me? How long is it going to take for 20,000 people to get logged in before I am? And is that even accurate? I feel like it's a lie. I feel like that's just something that's like, on screen, that number is completely arbitrary. It's actually seven people. And, yeah, for real. I feel that way, Brent, because I'm thinking to myself, yeah, sure, maybe you have millions of players, but I doubt at any given second or like minute in time that 20,000 different people are trying to get log on. Maybe I'm wrong. It just felt really strange. But then, yeah, it jumped down to 10,000. And then, yeah, it was like a joke amongst me and my fiance. Like, I just like look over to her and be like, up, oh, I'm only 7,000 in the queue now. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, when am I going to be able to play this game? So yeah. that is a kind of a downside, but maybe they just do have that much traffic. I, I guess if it's free and this good of quality, I could see a lot of people playing. And it did mention that there is cross platform capabilities there. Oh. So the, I think that's another reason that could be like bogging shit down. Yeah. I mean, imagine how many people would be playing normally and then multiple consoles. But it's also uh, Monster Hunter World recently was announced. It was like Capcom's best-selling game of all time because it's Damn. it's the first Monster Hunter game on a PC, which you know is arguably one of the more universal consoles because you know people have PCs for other things besides games. And but World is definitely like an intensive one, so I wouldn't just hop onto it with your like Windows ninety five old piece of shit in like the computer room. But. Yeah, with the idea of like, hey, you like Monster Hunter World? What if it was free? And it's like, yeah, a lot of people would get in on that. But at least when I last checked, it was still an alpha. So it's still like pretty rough around the edges. Like even with the cell shaded style, you can tell like, you know, it's kind of 
they they might have done that intentionally to reduce all the textures they would have had to use in the world and like loading times and stuff because it's it was rough what I saw because I never actually got into playing it. But right, it also a lot of people streamed it and it got a lot of popular. Like you cannot deny the marketing power of streamers. Like some companies will blow up. Oh, and totally. Like, ah, they're just internet reality starts forever. But there are games that live and die by how many streamers play it and how many people see that game and see. You know, it's not just an ad. It's not just a cinematic trailer at E3, which really gives you no information. It's seeing it run in real time on someone's computer, and they'll see if it crashes. They'll see if it's great. They'll see if the multiplayer, you know, works well. They'll see if it's unbalanced, and it really shows you the livelihood of some of the games. You know, Dauntless definitely got a bump from a lot of the streamers, so that might be increasing its popularity even more, which might be good because more people are aware of it. It might be detrimental because their servers might not be able to handle that. So Totally. Yeah. We'll see. I'm looking forward to playing a little more and see if it's up my alley and if I feel like investing time into my character or if I just want to like goof around with it every now and then with a friend. Yeah. I would be because I knew you were a big uh, Souls guy, like Dark Souls, Demon Souls. Totally. So I'd be very surprised if you didn't like it because the combat is pretty similar. It's just all the monsters, like all the enemies are the giant monsters. Yeah, it did feel good that like first boss I faced, like, I don't know, I liked the controls uh, scheme. Mm hmm. Yeah, Monster Hunter is all, it's, it's you know, you're fighting a giant monster. It's a lot of weaving and rolling and, you know, timing those uh, iframes and stuff so you don't get damaged uh, as much. And I just, I know some people say, like, some of the weapons, at least in Monster Hunter, I never played uh, Dauntless, so I don't know the weapons in there. But uh, some people are like, oh, the lance is good or the sword and shield's, like, really good. It's like, I can get a sword and shield in any fucking game. Give me the big dumb anime ass like changing switch axe that's a giant axe and when you charge it up enough it turns into a giant blade that explodes <laughs> elemental damage like give me that crazy shit that's monster hunter yeah over the top yeah so that's cool to hear though. that's cool yeah no i'm excited to keep playing that one and then also as far as exciting th- free things, uh, for this month of May, uh, the PlayStation Plus members get Overcooked and What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh. And I'm pretty sure it was April or one of these past months where they just had a total flop. And it was like, God, what a, a shitty month for free games. <laughs> this month feels like they're redeeming themselves. Both I good. haven't played either of them, and I've heard good things about both. So I downloaded them immediately. And I think I played the very beginning of the campaign for Overcooked. Mm-hmm. And man... I suck at that game. <laughs> it is very stressful. Quickly. Yeah, I'm going to try to uh, get back into it and try to unlock like the versus mode and all that stuff and get through the campaign. And I do intend on playing it with my fiance because it seems like a cutesy kind of game that she's go- is going to be up her alley. But also, is it against each other or together? I think it, it, it isn't campaign together. It's together, but that's even more like, I guess... You're going to be screaming at each other. Yeah, like you have to work together. So it's not like, I won, you lost. It's like, I lost because of you. Like, you cost <laughs> me this victory. So, like, it's a relationship tester game. And, like, you know, by and large, like, most people that play it have a great time. It's a great game. But, like, they have fun. But I've definitely heard of some people who've, like, I've never gotten as big of an argument with my girlfriend as I did playing this fucking game. It's like, whoa. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so well, that's the thing. We've been together going on six years or something and about to get married. This is the ultimate test. (laughs) (laughs) This is the test, not marriage. (laughs) There we go. 
Yeah, that'll be interesting. It's it's a real fun game. It's you know anyone doesn't know it's just like food prep. You're in like a restaurant, but there's all these crazy elements. Like you're in an air balloon, and like every now fires will break out, or like the land will separate and stuff like that. And it it gets so hard so fast. Well, and it was also always one of these multiplayer games I've showed to her and was like, I think we'd have fun playing this game. Maybe have a few drinks and see how it goes. And eventually. I was like, I'll, I'll just eventually pay for it. And here it is free, and I'm glad I waited. So yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, it's a good one. And then Edith Finch is like very narrative heavy. That's like a walking simulator. That's what I've been told. And I've a lot of people have recommended it to me in the past. So I'm just going to have to dive into that one and see what I think of it. I think it's pretty short. You could probably knock it out in like five hours, I want to say, if if not less. So. Oh, wow. Then, then yeah, maybe that, that'll be something I try to do this weekend. Yeah, it's just like a very narrative, like kind of point-and-click game, I, I believe. I never played myself. I think that's what I've been told as well. Yeah. But that's pretty much it for me. How about you? Playing anything new these days or not too much? Uh, a few things. There's the Overwatch anniversary, so they got, like, new skins. Um, Winston got a Gargoyle skin. May gets, like, a Boba Shop uh, worker skin. And, like, Roadhog got, like, this, like, toxic sewage, like, kind of, like, sp- like, biohazard suit. And he's got, like, a big... For his head, it's in a big uh, glass ball, and it's got, like, a, I don't know, like, a warthog skull in it with this, like, toxic ooze or something in it. And I got all those skins, like, within my first, like, hour of playing the anniversary. So oh, like, shit. I was like, done. I'm, I'm done. I got my skins That's I awesome. want. I'm out. See ya. <laughs> so... I was really That's happy. really lucky because in the past there's been so many episodes, Brent, in the early Overwatch <laughs> days where you'd I be like, it. "I just want get this one skin. skin, and I get five of the other one." Yeah. And it's like I've been there though, dude. It's so frustrating. And now that there's been multiple years of the same events, like the past anniversary skins are much more common and cheaper. So when the new skin comes out for a legendary skin, it's three thousand coins, and you only get coins by getting duplicates of stuff or getting coins directly from a loot box. You can't buy coins. So you, okay. like, you have to kind of grind to get the currency. Um, so a brand new legendary skin will be 3,000. But next year, when they introduce new skins, that old skin's now 1,000. So it gets dramatically cheaper and becomes much more likely to get in a loot box. So like I've gotten three anniversary skins from last year's season. Oh, nice. Um, so it, they definitely change up the ratios and like the percentages of what stuff you win. But I was just very happy to get two skins I want from a box, and then I just had enough to save up to buy the third skin I wanted. So I'm just like, done, I'm out, cleaning my hands, see you next year. Like, I'm still playing Overwatch, because goddammit, it's like, a, just it's just crack. Like, it's just, I, re- <laughs> I realize it's just the new roguelike for me, because it's different every match, but it's also similar enough where I can just hop in and zone out listening to something else. Totally. Like, and no one else is playing. Like, Mark and all of our other friends, like, no one's playing it anymore. So it's just like, uh, I gotta, I gotta kick the habit. It's not getting better. So, um, <laughs> but speaking of Monster Hunter World, I actually got back into that because, uh, the Witcher 3 crossover, like promotional stuff, uh, finally came to PC about two weeks ago or two or three weeks ago as of the Oh, nice. So you get, uh, for anyone who doesn't know in the story of Witcher, at one point there's portals into, you know, different dimensions. And so With GLaDOS. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> uh Geralt falls out of the portal and ends up in the Monster Hunter world because it's very similar to Witcher. Like Witchers are monster hunters. So it works really well. So you get uh Witcher armor and you can just play as Geralt for like some of these like little missions, and then once you beat the mission, you can unlock it for 
you know, you play you play as Geralt the rest of the game, and it's just a cosmetic skin. You just look like him. He's not gonna like voice line anything, right? But you also get like his swords. So in Witcher, you have a silver sword for monsters and a steel sword for humans, and you can use those in Monster Hunter, and it counts as a sword and shield. And God damn it, do I hate it? It's like an example of like why I don't want basic real weapons in Monster Hunter because like oh, it just it felt weird and it was so much harder than when I just switched to my big exploding switch axe like monstrosity. <laughs> but it's really cool, and there's a few Witcher monsters in it. Like some of my favorite Witcher monsters, the uh, Leshens. Which are these, like, imagine, like, the uh, forest spirit from, like, Princess Mononoke. Yeah. But it's, like, but when it gets corrupted and, like, undead and it just, like, hates everyone. It's, like, a it's like a corrupt forest spirit that's, like, Ooh. trying to keep people out. And it's just, like, really cool designs and it's really tough to fight. And there's two of them. There's, like, a normal-sized one that's tough and then just, like, a Monster Hunter level, like, abomination one that's huge. So I haven't even fought that one yet. I'm I'm not even high enough to fight that yet because I haven't played uh, for months. Gotcha. But yeah, that's probably that's probably gonna be taking up most of my time uh, going forward because there's there's a few things. It's not just one quest line for the Monster Hunter cross or the Witcher crossover. But then there's also Final Fantasy 14, I believe crossover. 14, the online one. Yeah, because that's that's doing great. Like that's that's popular. Still, as well. oh, oh damn! Yeah. I wish I got into that. I had it at one point. I don't even know where the disc is anymore. I'm just completely lost interest. I know yeah. Corey and Amanda from One Track Gamers play. played the hell out of that game and were really high level. I'm not sure if they still do or not. I I would bet so. Just because I heard, like, I remember when it came out, it was not good. Like, it was objectively not good. That's about when I was playing. I think. Yeah, <laughs> but everyone's saying like it has only gotten better, and it's like a re- it's are one of the better MMOs right now. That's not just World of Warcraft. Yeah, or like Warframe, which is free. So it's it's definitely doing great. And yeah, they I guess they had a crossover with Monster Hunter World at some point. Because one quest line is just like a Moogle's there, and like one of the monsters, like one of the smaller monsters, steals a crystal and it gets bigger and tougher and stuff. So there's a few, there's a few crossovers like events that have happened since I stopped playing Monster Hunter. So I'm going to go back and do a lot of those and try and get some new armor and stuff and really just play around because like it's still real fun and it's, but man, there's some monsters where it's like, it's like Dark Souls where you got to bob and weave and avoid the attacks because if you get hit once, you're done. Yeah. It's not an instant kill, but you might as well be. So it's it's a challenge. Man, I really love when video games do crossover events like that. It reminded me of when back when I was playing Final Fantasy fifteen, they had some kind of like Assassin's Creed crossover oh, where yeah. that was it was just cool that they do shit like That's that. Weird. I don't know. Not that I am even a big Assassin's Creed guy, but it was just neat to even just experience it. Yeah, I I don't know, that one kind of feels like sterile and weird to me because it's Ubisoft <laughs> and uh, the Final Fantasy's company, whichever one that is. But then, like, when, uh, was it, Horizon Zero Dawn came out and, like, the CD Projekt Red guys were drawing pictures of, like, Gerald and Aloy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember what you're talking about. There's some other, like, open-world survival game where they were drawing Aloy, like, or God of War. Like, those companies were, like, drawing fan art of each other and be like, hey, congrats on selling, like, 100,000 copies and stuff. And it just showed, like, the camaraderie between the studios and uh, Aloy's in Monster Hunter World for PS4. So, like, you could play as her in Monster Hunter. So it was just, like, really cool seeing these tie-ins where it's, like, it just, I don't know, it didn't feel just, like, a shill where it's like, hey, we promote your crap, you can promote our crap, and we both get more money. (laughs) It felt like 
Because, like, Assassin's Creed has fucking no place in Final Fantasy. It doesn't right. make sense. Okay. But, like, Monster Hunter and Witcher and Horizon Zero Dawn all make perfect sense to team up together. I see what you're saying. Absolutely. That makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Even the Soul Calibur stuff, I mean, it's a fighting game. So, or, like, Smash Brothers. Like, those are fighting games, so they get, like, special caveats. But they get, like, 2B and Witcher and Soul Calibur. And it's like, eh, it still feels out of place. Or, like... The old Soul Calibers when they had Yoda and I was Link just gonna say that and and, and uh, Darth Fuck. Vader, right? Darth Vader, yeah, and Hihachi from Street Fighter. Like Hihachi makes sense. Link, I'll give it to you. Like his Smash Brothers, like I'll give it to you. Like Two B and Geralt, eh? It's weird. It's definitely weird, but like popular okay. and mainstream. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're the popular games right now. But like Darth Vader and Yoda are real weird. Spawn makes no fucking sense. Yeah. There was, like, one game on the original Xbox of Spawn, and, like, that's it. Like, I love Spawn. Spawn is my fucking edgelord uh, deity I still worship from my teenage years. <laughs> like, I love Spawn. He has no place in Soul Calibur. So, it's just, like, cro- some crossovers are just, like, this feels real forced versus somewhere. It's, like, this feels great and natural, and I love it. Yeah. So, I'm going to be getting into that more. And uh, other than that, I, my buddy of mine bought... Mordhall for me, so he because he was playing that and he wants someone to play with. Mordhall is this, or am I hearing you wrong? Mordhall, it's like M O R D H A U. Okay, it's I believe it's the type of combat that's unique to this game, and it's like apparently an old tactic that was actually used. For anyone that doesn't know, it's basically uh, chivalry or mountain blade, where it's just medieval combat you got one army here one army here fucking go at it and it's just it's just a war and there's different game modes where it's that where it's just two sides fighting each other in a war there's uh free for all like battle royale kind of like Fortnite, where you just everyone's going at each other and the the zone's getting smaller uh then there's horde mode which gets really boring because it's just it's it's not balanced well for horde mode so you end up just uh kiting all the enemies around with a crossbow Right. And just, like, turning around, shooting two, and then keep running, and then shooting two, and reload, and keep running. So, like, that, by, like, wave 12, that's all anyone does, because you just get overwhelmed so quickly otherwise. So, like, it's not great for that. Um, But, yeah, so it's just a lot of medieval combat, like, uh, sword fighting and stuff. And Mord Hall, that, like, the title of it, is apparently a style of (laughs) throwing your enemies off by saying you have, like, you know, a longsword or something. You flip it over and grab it by the blade, and you beat them to death with the handle and the hilt. What? So that's what's, like, a unique thing is you have, like, different ways of holding some weapons, and that's one with, like, long swords. You can just hold it by the blade and use it as, like, a blunt attack and stab them with that. Is that, like, historically accurate? Did anyone ever do this? Because I'm pretty sure holding the blade by the <laughs> blade is gonna just fuck you up. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they have, like, chainmail gauntlets, like, around their hands, so it's not okay. Just- I'm guessing, uh, but apparently that's what this this is based off. So I guess there is some historical evidence of this. I'm not sure, uh, but there's a few other ones where, like, some silly things where you have like throwing knives, so you can or axes, so you can throw it into someone. If you're alive, you can just pull it out of yourself and then use that against the enemy, or you can pull it out of someone else. So you see one of your allies run by with a throwing knife in his back, you can just straight pull it out and then throw it what? back at the enemy. So it's 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 a very basic game like it's there's nothing really too new besides some of the combat stuff like that and you know it's just a fun like 64 versus 64 big open war between two sides like that just gets 
chaotic as shit and someone just throws a fireball a fire bomb in and just everyone in there is dead and it's just like all right well that was nuts so i can see the fun in it but it's not optimized super well sometimes the servers don't connect and get real lagging you have to restart uh close your game and restart it a few times and ever since i started playing i've had severe packet loss with my computer oh shit like even in other games like overwatch it gets real laggy and it's like you know, notifications popping up of like severe packet loss. And I'm just like, what happened since like what changed recently? And the only thing I can think of is playing Mordhall is like, it's might be making my computer worse or maybe the internet shit. Like the ISP is kind of fucking with you. If you have a VPN right now, they're at least throttling me out here in LA. Right. So like, maybe it's just coincidence. Possibly. But it was definitely like installing Mordhall was kind of like fucky and it's not super optimized. Well, so like, it just is right around the same time I got it, so I'm just like, eh, it's a fun game, but if it's if it's ruining my computer, I'm going to uninstall it. It's not that fun. Right. So, Dude, that's wild, though. Uh, I still can't get over people using the sword, holding it by the blade. It's like beating yeah. someone with a shotgun like a baseball bat. Like, what's the yeah. point? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also um, engineers who can, like, build stuff, and one of their, like, secondary weapons is just a loot. So you can just run around playing the loot, and it doesn't do anything. But the cool thing is you can upload music to it. So you can just upload an MP3 into the game and you'll just be playing, you know, Ace of Spades by Motorhead on the loot or something or whatever song you upload. So that's a cool feature. (laughs) Nice. Like medieval combat and someone's running around playing Rickroll. It's just like, oh, okay, this makes sense. So it's a fun game. I definitely see the appeal. But like, like I said, if it's not optimized well and it's, you know, hindering my computer in some regard, I, it's not worth it. Yeah, so, that makes sense. We'll see. Um, this isn't really video game related, but I wanted to bring it up because I know a friend of the show, Pat Johnston, uh, the melting Pat himself, is also obsessed with this. The guy Uh-oh. that's killing it on Jeopardy. Have you been watching Jeopardy, Brent? <laughs> Absolutely, because I'm not 75. Absolutely oh, not. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, wait, you have been? I was no. shocked. But no, that's the thing. I feel like a super old man for bringing it up. But no, the reason it's even interesting uh, specifically now is there's this guy named James Holtzhauer, and he's got on his 26th day of winning, he just hit two million over $2 million, and he's on track to like, I think he already beat Ken Jennings like one record already, but he's going to like, if he keeps going, he could beat Ken Jennings and he'll be like the ultimate. He set so many records already. It's insane. And just this past like a day or two ago, it was like the closest match ever. I was literally nervous that he was going to lose before he reached 2 million. And this guy gave him the biggest run for his money yet. It was so fucking close. And he ended up coming out on top. So it's actually interesting. I definitely recommend if you, ha- <laughs> if you don't watch Jeopardy and, and I don't find it that interesting, it's worth watching just to watch this guy crush it. Cause he's absolutely insane at it. And it, his like background is a gambler in Las Vegas or something, a sports gambler. So he's clearly like, he has his own strategy and everything. And he just makes a look so easy i'm interested to see if anyone can beat him and the fact that someone got close makes me believe that it's it's definitely going to happen sooner than later but man he's really got a streak going i I mean i definitely i've watched plenty of jeopardy in my time but it's like i see the appeal it's always fun learning new little trivias and seeing like how much one person knows like i don't know i don't know if i've ever called jeopardy compelling tv i don't know if i've ever been on the edge of my seat of like 
oh no, if he knows who the third king of Sweden is, he's <laughs> But like, no, I've it's, never been that invested. This guy has literal talent, Brent. You have to see how he gets so much money so quickly, and also the ratings are growing up uh, in a negative, uh, no, in a good way, but it's also- but For it's, a negative reason. Yeah, for a negative reason, yes, because Alex Trebek has uh, pancreatic cancer, and yeah. like the survival rate is insanely low. It's like yeah. 3% or something, and he's going with a super positive approach, and everyone's like sending their- uh, prayers and love to him, and it, it seems to be giving him comfort. So I'm just hoping he can pull through that because, yeah, the way he, in his own words, he's like, I, I my contract says I have three more seasons before I can retire. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I don't think you have to worry about your contract. Um, yeah, uh, Pangrack Cancer is what uh, took out a uh, total biscuit, and I bring it up because it was actually the anniversary of his uh, passing, uh, like a week or two ago. I recall, so, yep, yeah, it's it's a vicious one, like, it's definitely one of the more uh nastier cancers i mean they're all bad but like it's definitely you know lower survival rate so it's yeah it's rough get get screened early if you're definitely uh, susceptible so hopefully alex pulls through hopefully james keeps his streak going i just had to mention it shout out to pat because he's texting (laughs) me during the show and i'm like it's amazing it actually really is so if you're an old (laughs) man like me and pat check out jeopardy um This, this podcast is a way for us to talk about are like specific hobbies or shows <laughs> that only one other person we know about cares about, but we yep. don't know that person, so we don't talk all the time. But we just talk between podcasts. Like he'll, t- I'm sure he'll talk about it on his podcast, and then you'll respond on your podcast. It's like exactly, guys. There's a phone, <laughs> uh, but th- that's the thing. It's almost I'm guilty of silence, Brent. <laughs> I'm guilty of it too. I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah, so it's, we both do it. <laughs> it's it's true. Um, but all right then. Let's see. Uh, there's not too much going on in the news, but let's play a quick game or no game beforehand. Alright, so we're playing Game or No Game. This is going to be a real quick one, because I don't have too many, but uh, through this together quickly. Yeah, uh, that's (laughs) the thing. I'm not good at making up the fake ones, but we'll see what you think of these. What do you think of a game called Disco Dodgeball Remix? Shit. I know there's like a Disco Dodgeball robot thing, because like a friend bought it for me. So I know there is... Oh, I don't know the exact title. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. It's a yes, and yeah. it looks pretty fucking wild. It's definitely on Switch, uh, PS4. I- I'm interested. <laughs> Surprisingly, I'm, if you would have just said to me the name and been like, "Do you think you'd play this game?" I'd probably say no. But I think it's pretty cheap too. It's only like eight or nine bucks or something. Uh, check it out. Yeah, let me see if it's the one I have. Uh, would you say disco dodgeball like, remix yes and it's just very neon colored uh dodgeball kind of like over the top with like i don't know just check it out listener i i would be interested in playing this for the price i'm sure it's like not a game that you're gonna be playing all the time but something to have fun with every now and then huh. oh okay it might have been it might be remix for the switch but yeah that is the game uh the game i got i think it was called something else on pc nice all right, you got that. Do you think there's a game called The Reginator? 
No, that's just Reggie Fizeme after he retired, and he's just going uh, on a path of destruction across Northeast America or Northwest America. It it is a no, and it's actually the nickname for my cat because his name's Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was fair like, enough. We might as well go for that. That's it. Sounds like a game. Um, do you think there is a game called Flame Boy? Flame Boy. Uh, I hope it's on Game Boy. Um, oh shit. <laughs> Your reaction, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, damn it. I didn't mean to react. I should have held on. But uh yeah, <laughs> Flame Boy on shit. Game Boy, I'm I'm into it. That should be the episode title. That's great. <laughs> um Do you think there's a game called Ding Dong XL? Oh Knowing there was a game called Cobra Club where you just sent dick pics to other guys, I'm gonna say yeah. Unfortunately, it's a yeah. So, but that's the thing. It's not even about dicks or anything. It's like it's a super misleading. That's the thing. It was like remember there is a on a previous gamer no game. There's a game called Touch Dick, and the dick is actually meant like dictionary or something. And it was on like the Uh. Nintendo DS or something. It was definitely not like meant to be weird. Same here. Ding Dong XL is a neon infused one button arcade game. It's just like an addictive like. Just one more round, wars? score, attack, uh, tester reflexes kind of deal. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it looks like a kind of a Geometry Wars or something in a weird way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it could be a fun game. That's a bad name, though. Yeah, Ding Dong XL. It that's sounds very like very much, yeah, uh, innuendo. Um, but yeah, that's a game and not what uh, they advertised. Do you uh, think there's a game called Panty Party? <laughs> Once again, we played this long enough to know for a fact there's... It's definitely feasible. It's it's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's just, is it that specific name? I'm going to say no. Because usually these insane creepy games usually have like much longer titles. Right. And that sounds like something I made up, but it's not. It's Shit. definitely a game. And I, that's the thing. I'm fairly sure from the description I read, it's on Switch and Steam and all this other stuff. But Whoa. they like specifically say to them, they're like, this isn't a hentai game. It's yeah, just about panties. It I know. Well, that's the thing. And it's got like anime girls and the the main characters are literally panties like flapping around. Oh, it's very strange. It's this it's, game. Yes, it it says it's a fast-paced battle game. Uh, fly as a panty in the street and in between buildings. Search for the enemy panties and kick their bad ass, I guess. So it's literally just a game about underwear and not meant to like uh, yeah. be something you beat off to. It's I mean, well, don't kink shame. <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah, you play as the underwear and fight other underwear. It's like a it's like a Splatoon sort of shooter. But it's not about the girls that wear it, so yeah, it's uh that's that's towing the line and they know it. Yeah, it was kinda just dumb. Yeah. Uh we'll move right along. Uh do you think <laughs> there's a game called uh When I Was a Dinosaur? Oh. Mm. Yeah, that one's tough. There's so many like weird I mean, raw men where it's just naked men running around throwing ramen at each other is a game, so it's like I don't no anymore yeah the things we learn yeah i'm still waiting for that game to come out that's on my wish list um when i was a dinosaur no that is a no you're correct man you're on a roll i don't think you've got any wrong yet i got panty party wrong oh that's right um but no yeah that's a no that's actually just the name of an album that's available in my record store so (laughs) check it out uh by a band called 70 centimeters cubed of your chest i like i always get their name wrong because it's a mouthful (laughs) 
band or ba- no band or album or no album would be impossible because some yeah. of the titles are just so insane. There we go. Actually, I might have to use that as inspiration moving on from some of my no games. Um, let's do one more and wrap this one up. Do you think there's a game called Suicide Guys Sleeping Deeply? <laughs> Sleeping Deeply? Uh, yes. I'm going to say that's a game. It's a yes. So, yeah, you were on a roll today, man. Congratulations. Yeah, only and, oh, man, I don't it's really want to look guy. up what that's about. I'll look it up. <laughs> I got no shame. I mean, I knew what Panty Party was before even looking up. I mean, it goes to show you. It's a game? Yes, and it says, In this new chapter of Suicide Guy, you'll be challenged with even more insane puzzles uh, generated by the surreal dreams of the guy. So, and oh. I guess you're a freaking... It looks like almost kiddish. This is such a bad title for this game. Yeah. Uh, this might just be a bad game. It might not be yeah. a bad title. It might just be a bad game. It looks pretty bad. Yeah, this is not looking right. Stick with Panty Party. <laughs> there we go. That was Game or No Game. Alright, so let's maybe see if there's anything worthy in the news to talk about and then do some plugs and wrap this up. Uh, One thing that I saw that we can mention in passing is that there's potentially going to be a Twisted Metal TV series. Oh, it's confirmed uh, in development well, at PlayStation Productions. And yeah, this is I mean, from an IGN article. The Halo movie was in productions, and that never came out. So, like, it's not guaranteed, but, yeah, it's they're working on it. So that's something. Yeah, I'm just interested what kind of approach. I would almost prefer a movie than a TV show, because, like, just kind of, it leaves it, I don't know. Well, I mean, we were talking about it. It's weird. It's like that's one of the things we all have a lot of information about. <laughs> like that's one game franchise. Um, yeah, growing up, it was huge. We were all edgy white boys, teenagers at one point, so we know <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, it it would be much more interesting as a movie because, like, even if you could do it on HBO, we're like you could get away with anything. Like, I don't think there's enough substance there to be a TV no. show or even a mini series. Would be like maybe three episodes or four. But that's about it. So, yeah, I don't... We were trying to think of, like, who would the main character be? Is it a new person? Would it be just Sweet Tooth? Because he's, you know, arguably the mascot of the entire franchise. Yeah. And it's, like, it couldn't be Calypso, because in, like, Twisted Metal Black, he becomes, like, the bad guy at the end who goes, like, a genie and grants you the wish. So he'd be too powerful. It's like, what are they going to do? And then you brought up Axel. Yeah, well, in in the games... As you played the the games, like you could play as each character, and they all had their own background. So I'm yeah. wondering if they're going to do something like that, like on a per episode basis, the main character would change. Maybe that I could get behind, person. but that's also just kind of just redoing the games. I just yeah. think a movie would be more interesting. Yeah, maybe from the perspective of Sweet Tooth and seeing all the different cameos of like, yeah, there's like a big scene with Axel or yeah. something. Mr. I don't know. I, it, it has potential though because it is a game that a lot of us enjoyed i just felt like that franchise i remember growing up one through four i was like i love these games after that black i even kind of fell off but got back into I later years uh and then after that i just i didn't really keep up with the franchise so it seems like they're kind of just pulling on the nostalgia strings being like oh people played this 
Yeah, because it's not like an ongoing. Like there was a game not too long ago, like maybe three years or four years, maybe even. Which like, wasn't that great, I don't think. Yeah, like Black was the last one I remember that was like pretty decent, and that was on PS2. So yes. like, it was years <laughs> ago. And yeah, they might just take all the cutscenes out of the games and just compile it into one episode and like, boom, there you go. There's this character. But yeah, the story really has nothing to do with the game. The game is just shoot each other in cars. Like it's just demolition derby in cars with like crazy powers. Yep. So like no one gives a shit about the story. That's Not why, at all. That's why Black went so hard and like dark with it because it's like we got to keep someone interested in this. <laughs> Yeah, but I almost thought it was too dark that I'm like, I yeah. don't even give a shit. During all the cutscenes, I'm like, skip, skip, it skip. It doesn't matter, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's weird. I don't I don't know what they're going to do with that. Me neither. I just remember the earlier ones, I would always play as Mr. Grimm, and there was always this, like, uh, in the character select, you could hear parts of their background, and he's like, my thirst for souls is insatiable. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy's badass. <laughs> Yeah, and then I I remember Twisted Metal Black the most. Like that's the one I played the most. And uh, yeah, and that Mr. Grimm is was a Vietnam veteran who gets captured and then eats his cellmates. And then his final wish is that he could eat his cellmate again. Yeah, what a like, creep! God, it's like uh, so unnecessarily dark and edgy just to keep you invested. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, speaking of shows, though, we got a few. Um, these are probably more for me. <laughs> I don't know how interested anyone else is in this stuff besides me, but um, for animation fans, Gendy Tartakovsky, the guy behind Samurai Jack and Dexter's Lab and Powerbook Girls and Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends and all that, and he did the Samurai Jack Season 5, the finale one, not too long ago on Adult Swim, and he's just like a fucking animation god. He's just fucking so prolific at it. Uh, he's got a new show coming to Adult Swim. And it's just called Primal. And the trailer is just like 30 seconds or so. And it's just a caveman beating the shit out of some dinosaurs. It just looks nuts. Oh, shit. So I don't know what he's going with it. I don't know where the story's going with cavemen and dinosaurs. But it looks amazing, just visually. Nice. Yeah, I'm interested. And then a spinoff of Adult Swim. Uh, my This is just for me. This is literally just for me. <laughs> But Harvey Birdman Attorney Law is getting a spinoff show with uh, Bird Girl, played by Pageant Brewster from the original series. So I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know how much of the cast is involved, like for the original cast. I'll take any excuse to get more Birdman or Bird Girl now. It's I fucking love that show. That's so, so monumental, my upbringing and sense of humor. Very cool. So I'm very excited for those. Uh, what is Alice's Tetris 99? That's going to get an offline mode for anyone who's really enjoying it and wish they didn't have to connect to some shitty Wi-Fi at the Starbucks you're playing it at. Yeah, that's great actually for me so I can get some practice in and not be up against real people. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll be playing against uh, like 99 bots in offline offline mode. Um, downside is 99, Tetris 99 is free online. This one you're going to have to pay for. This is going to be $10. What? So, but it's also getting like DLC and I guess they're going to add new modes and stuff. So there's more content coming with it, but I guess, I guess they just want to turn a profit. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. I was going to say they were like, man, this free model sure got us a big audience. Yeah, this got How do we make money now? <laughs> because like, if anything, the online mode w- would cost more to like right. maintain. 
So like <laughs> this is such a backwards model for them. But hey, yeah. you know what? It might work though yeah. for me because I am such a offline player that it's like I'll spend ten bucks on something I know I already enjoy. Yeah, and like you said, a lot of practice because yeah, I I think I played the battle royale mode like once on Tetris ninety nine. It's like oh boy, this got intense real fast. So I can, yeah, I could see someone who get invested and it's like I need I need practice like in a fighting game or something. I need to get better. Seriously, I was surprised they didn't even offer something like that when I first downloaded it. But this kind of makes sense. And the new modes or whatever else they're going to add, that'd be interesting. And hopefully it makes it worth the $10. Yeah. Uh, staying on the line of like shows and movies and stuff. Sonic movie got pushed back by th- uh, yeah. three more months. It was almost inevitable. I feel like it might have even been something. We didn't predict it necessarily, but it was just it came up in passing. Like if they're going to redesign this character, it's, it's be, almost yeah. it has to be delayed. Yeah, it can't be the same due date or same like release date. So yeah. it's getting pushed back to February fourteenth of next year. Okay, well that's not that'll be here before we know it. Yeah, maybe we'll have the end of Life is Strange three by then. <laughs> <laughs> and the director on Twitter announced this, and in the picture you see Sonic's wearing a glove. It's not just his hand dipped in white paint like it was before for some fucking reason. So, oh, good. He's already, and it was the Sonic font, which is not used in anything besides the games. So, it looks like they're definitely going to be trying going back to like some of the source material. Uh, rumors have it that no one was on board for this original design. Like, Sega was fighting them the whole time, saying it's a bad design. People in the company <laughs> were saying it. So, like, no one's really, no one's taking blame for who approved this and who forced it. I'm guessing the director f- turned around on it so quickly, he hated it. So I'm thinking there's a lot of like produ- uh, executive producers or something funding this, really pushing hard for this like r- gritty realism reboot. And I don't, no one knows why. I think it's because of uh, not the competition, but uh, Detective Pikachu. They're basically being like, we got to be like this. This I, is what maybe- the standards of. Uh, a fuzzy, realistic, old character brought to life is going to be like yeah. now. And the same with a uh, Pat, not Paddington. What the fuck? Uh, the the oh, Winnie um, the Pooh thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Christopher Robin. Yes. Yeah. I mean, those looked like, kind of like dumpy because they they weren't supposed to look like the old toys. They weren't supposed to look like the cartoon. Okay. Winnie the that Pooh. might be a bad example. Right. No, but you're right. Like, they did look realistic. They looked a little beat up. And, like, Detective Pikachu is a good example where Pikachu looked great, but then Jigglypuff looked weird. And then Lickitung looked real weird. So, yeah. like, the most iconic Pokemon in that movie looked great. But then some of the other Pokemon did not look good because of the hyper-realism. So that's just a thing with Sonic where it's like, he's not going to look good with this. So right. uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not holding my breath, but the director also tweeted out hashtag uh, no VFX artists were harmed in the making of this movie kind of in response to everyone saying like, you're going to wear these artists to the ground. You're going to burn them out because some of the studios do not get overtime and are forced labor and stuff. It's not good. So I guess he's acknowledging that of like, hey, we're not going to run our place to the ground trying to fix this. Good. That's that's good. It's just, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I hope we'll uh, Jim Carrey gains like 300 pounds for his role because, <laughs> like, I don't think he f- seemed right as a Eggman, but that's not even the primary concern. I mean, he was the best part of the trailer. I mean, I loved Gangster's Paradise in the trailer. No one else did, but I. I yeah, I, I it love didn't that. seem to fit to me, that's but I, I, I don't. It. I don't have a problem with it. I know it is uh, very nostalgic for people, so if that's hitting a chord for some people, by all means. But it just to me didn't seem like the right song choice. With the, with that song, it went from like this is going to be a trashy movie to this is going to be a Super Mario Brothers level dumpster fire. Yes, that's and I'm what on board for it. <laughs> I wanted I that. 
So, like, I don't think oh, it's going to be good, but I think I'm going to be entertained by that, by Gangster's Paradise Sonic. So, we'll see. Um, oh, uh, speaking of the Switch, we were talking about it a few times, the yeah, p- panty party and all that uh, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, they announced they did a Nintendo Direct with Super Mario Maker 2, revealing a bunch of stuff with that, and basically an infinite supply of Mario levels that Nintendo doesn't have to do themselves anymore. The fans can make it for them, and people will still play, so... They found a way to cheat the system there. Okay. Weirdly, the thing that's worth talking about is they also have revealed a Sans uh, from Undertale amiibo. So a little skeleton boy wearing a hoodie and gym shorts and slippers from Undertale. Getting okay, a, yeah. Getting an amiibo. And uh, I think this is also in tandem with Undertale, Undertale being on Switch now. That was a recent port for it. And... That's weird to bring up in a Mario Maker Direct. I don't... It, it's weird that they did it, but, like, it, they showed examples of you can... With Mario Maker, you can use any amiibo you have, like, from Smash Brothers, and use them to make a little sprite version in a Super Mario Maker level. So they're highlighting it with... Showing it as an example with the Sans amiibo, saying, like, look, you can have a little pixel Sans in your Mario levels now with Mario Maker 2. Yeah. And if that doesn't just, in my opinion, all but confirm Sans for Smash. Right. Because all the other Smash characters can be used for Mario Maker. So, and an Amiibo is like a, like that's a huge basis for why I think Solier is going to be in Smash Brothers. Oh man, this is part of Bren's Conspiracy Theory Corner. We haven't played it in forever. It's been a while. Play it again. There you go. But no, I think you heard it here first, folks. Uh, I think Bren's way on No, one. not first. I, a thousand other people have done it. Uh, plenty of pointed it out. But Definitely like, Bren <laughs> is the person who pointed this out. I'm the one that did it. <laughs> Toby Fox told me directly. Uh, but I think that's like a strong evidence of like, hey, he might be in Smash because like everyone else is. So it's like, and like he could easily work because like if you played Undertale and you fought him, his moveset's fucking insane. So like I nice. can easily see it working. So That's really cool. That that would be so weird and like bad and cool at the same time. I don't know, that'd be nuts. Well, yeah, we'll I'd, I'd be interested to see that and I hope you're right about it. But also I want Solaire more than him. <laughs> yeah. But they they put a uh, Joker from Persona 5 in it and at the time of release there's no Persona games on Switch. So it's just like once they did that, they broke kind of all the rules. Like it's kind of like free for all now like it could be literally anyone so it's it's nuts but we'll yeah, see maybe waluigi we'll see nope <laughs> that's definitely not gonna <laughs> so yeah oh um but anything else uh well last one uh we haven't played i was the walrus for a while but the theme song for i was the walrus was made by dj cutman who we had on way back in the day oh hell yeah if we would give him a shout out he just got married recently Oh, congratulations, DJ Cutman. Thanks for the incredible tunes and the interview. Maybe we'll have to get you back on in the future if we ever think to. We're just lazy with interviews lately. <laughs> it's tough with the time zones, and now Bass is in like the Midwest. Where, where is Chicago? We're all over. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, he's a Philly boy, so shout out to him and his bride. Happy, happy wedding day. Yeah, that's exciting. Very cool. Yeah. Um, But I think that's going to do it for this episode. Let's wrap this one up and do some plugs i know you have another podcast you probably want to tell our listeners about where can they hear that <laughs> yes it's called are weeb there yet w-e-e-b 
It's me and my weeby friend watch anime and try to convert our non-weeb friend into also watching anime. It's basically if me and Mark had a podcast with Basta. We would force him oh, to watch Jesus. anime and try and convert him. And he would hate every second of it. We did uh, an episode for my birthday. We did the Digimon movie. And I'm biased because it was my birthday and the Digimon movie. But I think that's one of our most entertaining episodes ever because my other co-host just loses his fucking mind. And it's very funny. <laughs> Um, and I think as of this episode, I think our latest episode is actually, speaking of which, Sonic X. We watched the Sonic oh, X damn. anime from uh, back when it was on uh, Four Kids on Saturday mornings. Holy shit. Yeah, that was a surprising fun one that wasn't as garbage as we thought. Like, that was back when Sonic was, like, decent still and not just a trash fire. So, I'd recommend checking that out. It's very fun, but I'm also very biased. Uh, oh, and I will throw out uh, something I'm not involved with, but I believe it deserves much, much, mu- much more attention than it's getting right now. Uh, there's a music video for a band called Twerp, Tupperware Remix Party, and they released a new <laughs> music video uh, for a song called Starlight Brigade. And it's the lead vocals are featuring uh, Dan Avedon from the Game Grumps, and it was animated by the Knights of the Light Table, and holy christ it's an incredible song and an absolute gorgeous video it's like fully animated and it's so well done and it like blows my mind and i honestly think i might have watched it a hundred times in the last two days like i just have it on loop it's so good in every aspect you could freeze the video at any second of the video and any one of those shots could be used as like a wallpaper background for your phone <laughs> or a computer. Like it's yep. amazing. And I cannot recommend it enough. Oh man, that sounds really exciting. Yeah. We'll try to link that in the show notes. I'm interested in checking that out yeah, myself. It's so good. Very cool. And listener, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. Uh, we're findable on all the places at ABT silence is our handle. Uh, you can send us an email at almost better than silence at gmail.com. If you feel like it, um, give us suggestions for game or no game, eyes walrus, all that kind of stuff. Um, I am Twitch streaming a little bit more every now and then. So if you want to give us a follow on twitch.tv slash ABT silence, I'm usually playing Rocket League, uh, Life is Strange 3, if, <laughs> and maybe in September, we'll see. And, uh, yeah, Dauntless, most likely. Hopefully I'll, uh, keep interest in that game, but we'll see. Um, but other than that, uh, I also have a record label, mistoutrecords.com. If you want to buy any tapes or vinyl records on like certain screamo and emo and math rock that I've been working on for the past year. Um, but that'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we will be back next week. See you guys. See you.